The 2023 Ravens schedule, it's officially out. All now we know the Ravens opponents, their timing, and when they'll play everyone, and we talk about that. And much more coming up next on this live instant reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. And we're here as always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen always, each and every day here on the channel. We're free and available everywhere. You can find us in audio form and in video form. You can subscribe for free on both of those platforms. You are daily, five days a week here. So when your Ravens news analysis updates, we have it here for you Monday through Friday. And we have an instant reaction episode live here over on the YouTube channel. It will be available after an audio form. So if you prefer audio and you're listening after the fact, welcome into the channel here as well as we're going to be breaking down the Ravens full 2023 schedule. It was released tonight at 8 p.m., so about an hour or so ago. And there are a lot of interesting tidbits, interesting wrinkles to dive into over the course of their full 18 weeks, obviously a 17-game season here. So in the first segment, I just want to go through it. We'll go week by week and just talk about all the little takeaways. I think there are certain things that are very important to note. So we'll talk about those takeaways first off in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to talk a bit more about the actual game-by-game game breakdown. So we'll go weeks one through eight in the fir- in the second segment and then move to weeks nine through 18 in the final segment. We can do a little bit game-by-game game breakdown, which we'll do a bit more in more detail tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So I'm excited to break down this all here right now as we kind of dive into this. And the Ravens and their schedule, I think there are a couple things to look at. One, the Ravens and their primetime games. This is one thing I, I labeled on the show over the course of the past week where, you know, how many primetime games are the Ravens going to get? How does the NFL view the Ravens in their primetime slot? Well, the Ravens have four primetime games, at least initially. Obviously, you can flex in and out of those, and maybe the Ravens will get more, maybe they'll get less, but six initially off the bat for the Ravens, well, four initially off the bat for the Ravens primetime-wise, where they have the Bengals week 11, Thursday night football at home, the Chargers week 12, that's the Sunday night game, they'll travel to Los Angeles, Then you have the Jaguars in week 15. That's at Jacksonville, Sunday night football. Then Christmas, the 49ers will be playing the Ravens on Monday night football. That will be a Monday night game and a Christmas game. So the Ravens, they play on Christmas Eve last year. They'll play on Christmas Day this year. So it feels like, you know, with the way the Ravens have ended their years over the past couple, Lamar Jackson getting injured, there's being absolutely pounded with injuries. The Ravens now... We'll have these four games. I was expecting three to four. I would have, you know, liked five, but I think four is a solid number right in the middle of that three to five range, which I'm totally okay with. And I think the games they picked were good too. I I had outlined a game against the Bengals. I'm kind of upset there's no Steelers game, but you know, they've had a couple of those recently. So those games will still be good regardless of prime time. The Chargers, I think, you know, you get Lamar versus Herbert on Sunday night football, Lamar versus Trevor Lawrence on Sunday night football as well. And then (laughs) Lamar versus... Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, whoever that quarterback is going to be there in San Francisco. But that San Francisco defense is no joke, and obviously they're a very talented football team. So I really like the primetime games. Very interesting. The first one doesn't come until week 11, though. I I thought that was kind of interesting to me. But 
you know, that, that's what the NFL schedule makers and hopefully the Ravens will be playing for something then. I feel like primetime games always are better if they mean more. So maybe that Jacksonville game will have implications like an AFC record for maybe the divisional or maybe it's going to be a wild card battle. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I like the four matchups and it was just interesting to me how it was later. And I guess, you know, if you want to consider, I guess the Titans aren't really a primetime game. They're obviously going abroad, playing in London and Tottenham. So that'll be week six. And that counts as an away game for the Ravens. So they will still have eight home games and then technically nine away games still is that happens. But I'm excited for the for the abroad game. Obviously, I'm not excited about what happened in 2017. I, I kind of wiped that from my memory. So don't don't love that personally. But I do like the fact that they're going abroad. Hopefully they will wash away the uh, ghosts of a broad past for them. But I think a, a key one for me also is the early season schedule for them. They're going to be playing two rookie quarterbacks off the bat. They start the season week one against the Texans. And then in week three, it's going to be Anthony Richardson, assuming he starts. So two home games against two rookie quarterbacks. We know how the Ravens play rookie quarterbacks. We know that the Ravens dominate rookie, or at least historically they have dominated rookie quarterbacks where their defense is just so complex and so complicated, especially for a rookie coming into this league and seeing all those different lines against them. Are they going to bring everyone? Are they going to send everyone back? I know that that was kind of like the Don Martindale trademark. Mike McDonald is still aggressive, but less aggressive in that way. I still think that those can be two very dominant wins for them if they play their cards right against two what should be rookie quarterbacks. But the more interesting part to me about the early part of the schedule is the fact that they're going to be playing – all of, all of their divisional road games will be done by the time week five is over. They play the Bengals on the road in week two, the Browns on the road in week four, and the Steelers on the road in week five. So that's it. Like, you know, you talk about, oh, those road divisional games, they're so important. And you get later in the year, you're like, oh, they, they, they'll mean something. Well, they'll be done with them in week five. And I think that's a major advantage to the Ravens. Now, hopefully they'll be able, ideally, like they go three, and zero, right? That that's the, that's the best way you can put it. But Ideally, maybe it's two and one. You drop maybe one of those games. You get off to a two and one start in the division. If it's one and two, I mean, that's not great. It's not a, I think it's, it's very disastrous if they go 0 and three in those three games, like from just a overall record perspective. And like that, that's a key stretch for them. The early part of the year from week one to week five, and even going into the Titans and playing them against, uh, you know, that abroad juju, hopefully the juju gets a little bit better. But the Tottenham game is going to be important, too. So the early part of the year, week one to week six, is going to be a key stretch. That's three straightaway games, too, from week four to week six, where they'll be traveling to Cleveland, traveling to Pittsburgh, and traveling to London to play the Titans abroad. They do have a nice little stretch of home games before they have to go play the Chargers. They have the Seahawks, the Browns, and the Bengals, which is Thursday Night Football. So that will be week nine, 10, and 11. The bye is week 13. A, a tad late to me. The bye is a tad late. I don't... You know, if you're talking like week 14, that's very late. Week 13 is a pretty late bye week. Last year they had the, uh, what was it, week 10? The week 10 bye week. That was right in the middle. That was solid to me. Week 13 is a little late, but you get that week towards the end of the year to re readjust, regroup. I think that's okay for them. Very early in the year, I think is not like, I would much rather prefer a buy later in the year than a buy earlier in the year. I think just, you know, you're grinding for so long that bye week to me, if you have it in like week five, that's very early and you have to play the rest of the year without a huge rest time, unless, you know, maybe it's the Thursday night football to Sunday night football, but even then you have a short week, the Ravens now have that bye week in week 13 and it comes 
It ends up coming after the Sunday night football game. So the Ravens will have it after prime time. They'll be able to fly back home, have a little rest, and then they'll be able to play the Rams at home in week 14 after that bye. Other little key takeaways here and there. They end the year with two home games. After their bye, they have the Rams at home, as I talked about, then two away games, two prime time. So this is the second year they will have two primetime games away in a row. Last year, it was the Buccaneers and the Saints. This year, it is the Jaguars and the 49ers. But then two home games to end the year, the Dolphins and the Steelers. I thought it was going to be Cleveland. I know that the Ravens played the Browns three years ago. I think the Steelers two years ago and the Bengals last year. So I thought it was going to be that the Browns this time is like almost the rotation, I feel like. But the Ravens will end up having their last two games at home. That's a huge plus for them. They get to If they're in a tight race or a division, that Week 18 game against Pittsburgh is going to be huge. If they're in the race for a wild card spot, that's going to be big as well. Then you have the games that kind of like in the early-ish middle part of the schedule, like even you can you can group the Titans game in this if you want to. Titans, Lions, Cardinals, even Seahawks if you want. That's a stretch where I think Baltimore hopefully should go at least three and one. Hopefully. Maybe you drop a game to Seattle. Seattle's good. You know, Arizona, I think you should win, especially that crazy tweet the Cardinals social media account put out. Like, what What in the world? I don't know what they were thinking there, but the Cardinals should be a win, especially if Kyler Murray's not back by then from his ACL. The Lions, they're an up-and-coming team. I think a lot of people overlook the Lions based off of past history. They can win. I mean, look, the Lions gave him trouble, you know, in, in that 2021 game. They gave him trouble. Justin Tucker had to save him there, and they're a much better team then, or they're a much better team now than they were then. So that's an interesting game to look at too. But you kind of break this game down in stretches to me where it's like weeks one through six, weeks six through nine or six through 10. Then you have like maybe 11 through or eh, 10 through 12, the bye week. And then to end the year, it's those last five where you can maybe categorize the Rams as their own, like you should probably win that game. But then Jacksonville, San Francisco, and even Miami and even Pittsburgh, that last that last month stretch of the year, that's going to be very tough for them. So there are all these different nuances to look at in the schedule, and I think it's very interesting to just look at the different types of takeaways you can take away from it. So four primetime games, I like that number. I like the opponents. The key stretch, weeks one through five, one through six, two rookie quarterbacks with the Texans and the Colts, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns there. All their, all their road games in the division will be done there. So, again, that'll be a key stretch. So the Ravens in their division, that's going to be a key record for them if they're either fighting for position with the division, maybe it's Cincinnati they're fighting with, or even if it's AFC record. That is, they, they start the year off with six straight AFC games before taking on Detroit in Week 7. AFC record, as we all know, can have a major impact on potential wild card spots. But coming up on our second segment, we'll be beginning to break down the schedule game by game. We'll go weeks one through eight in the second segment. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into on Locked on Ravens. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack with all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever in built. You have to try this. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just a thing for you with Built Bars and Built Puffs. And what makes them so good is for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they only have 130 calories, four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now I didn't even need to wait to get a box for years. I've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com and I can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while I can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-row box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box of the flavors such as brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. 
We're back. Our second segment, Instant Reaction Live Edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you as we break down the Ravens schedule. We talked about key takeaways in that first segment, breaking it down from a general perspective, almost breaking it down into chunks, honestly. We're going to break it down into a little bit of a bigger chunk, two separate chunks. In the second segment here, we'll dive into weeks one through eight, break down those games a little bit more. And then in the final segment, we'll be moving into weeks nine through 18, and talking about how the Ravens both could start and then end their year. Maybe a little record prediction at the end, but I'm going to do that definitely tomorrow. So be sure to stay tuned for tomorrow's episode that's coming out at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And we have episodes, again, five days per week here, both in audio and in video form. So be sure to subscribe and like the video on YouTube and follow along in audio form too. But now let's break down here the first eight weeks of the schedule for Baltimore, starting off with the Texans in week one. This is a game where I think the Ravens should win it. I mean, Texans, I think, they're building something, but it's it's not nearly it's not nearly complete. This is a game that the Ravens should take pretty handily. And unless people forgot, the Week One Ravens are so dominant. I can't remember the exact number it is, but they have outscored. Obviously, you take away that Raiders game a couple of years ago, but they've been generally a very dominant team in Week One to start the year. John Harbaugh has his guys prepared and ready to go. Lamar Jackson has been incredible in Week One games. I think that this is really a game that the Ravens should win and win pretty handily. So I think with CJ Stroud at the helm, you can't discount, you know, maybe he, he comes out and has a great coming out party against this Ravens defense. I just, I don't see it happening. So that's a key game for them. You know, the, the Texans have guys like Damian Pierce is a very solid player for them. They drafted Tank Dell, who obviously, you know, that's the South Florida connection. But again, I just, it's not a, complete together product and for D'Amico Ryan who I think is going to be one heck of a coach in this league I just it's a very rude like coming out party for the Texans there so I think that the Ravens should be able to take that one pretty handily at least in my opinion then let's move on next we'll talk about the Bengals game in week two they'll be they'll be going away for that game so in the jungle they'll be taking on the Bengals that's their first away divisional game this is a game that I think is going to set a tone like this will be if the Ravens win against the Texans, I mean, you already have a very good runway for, hey, you know, let's take that momentum into Cincinnati and play, obviously, a super talented team. Joe Burrow, we know what he can do. An incredible quarterback. The trio of Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. You have an offensive line that has added Orlando Brown Jr., familiar face there. The defense, I think, you know, they draft a guy in Miles Murphy and Eli Apples. I don't think he's there anymore. I Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't really care about him enough to know. But if he's there, maybe that's that's kind of the weakness. Jadobia Wuzier is someone who's going to come back from them. So that's going to be like a, a grind it out, slug it out game, I'm sure, with the way this Ravens offense has been built. We're going to see a lot, of, a lot of footballs being thrown. I think it's going to be a shootout. That game could go either way, but I think it is very important for the Ravens to set a tone in that game, even if they lose it. Even if they lose, getting you know blown out or losing by like two two-plus scores – I think that will set a tone. I think even if it's a close loss for them, that will hopefully set a tone that, hey, you know, we're not going to give you anything easy. But I think that for Baltimore, playing on the road is going to be key, especially early on, as we talked about in that first segment. Then they come home, play the Colts in week three. Now, the Colts are such an interesting team to me. Anthony Richardson is someone who I know, you know, mocked to the Ravens at, at 22 and everybody, you know, the potential of Anthony Richardson. The thing with Anthony Richardson, if he starts for them in week three, is is just that the potential he is he is not there yet as a quarterback at least for the nfl level i think he has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league but it might take him a couple years to get there and if the Colts just throw him out 
there in week three against what I believe this Ravens defense can be. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't really see it where I think the Colts with, you know, they have guys like Michael Pittman Jr. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is very good. Quentin Nelson actually has regressed quite a bit. So I uh, the offensive line has some holes on it, but I thought the Colts had a really, really good draft, but I think that is more of a future thing. You know, maybe guys can contribute. I know guys like Julius Brents and, and others have the potential to make a huge impact, but I just don't see that in week three. So I think that should be, again, especially with the divisional start on the road, I think the Ravens need to have that, those two games versus the Texans and the Colts there. The Browns in week four away, I just, I can't trust Cleveland until they show me something. Like, obviously, outside of the Sean Watson trade, I've actually liked what the, the Browns have done from a roster-building perspective. But I just, that trade was just so bad. I don't think Watson is the quarterback some people think he is. Obviously, the Browns beat the Ravens last year. But, again, that was when the Ravens guys were injured. And I don't know. It, it's just it's a game to me that you want to establish your divisional dominance early on, that the NFL has given the Ravens that opportunity. So, for me, it is going to be, I don't know, you're going to have to put out a strong statement against that Browns team, which I do think is still beatable. If we're being honest here, Pittsburgh in week five on the road is going to be tough. We, we all know the Ravens and the Steelers, they have those grinded out slug fest games, but again, Kenny Pickett is at the helm for that team, their defense they, they signed Patrick Peterson. They had a great draft too. I mean, let's be honest here. They bring in Joey Porter jr. Somehow in the second round with the 32nd overall pick Roger Jones, they beef up that offensive line. You have Deontay Johnson still there. George Pickens, who I, I know a lot of Ravens fans wanted George Pickens. I know that is, that is kind of a, what if pick for them over David Ajabo. I like Ajabo. I, I do like Ajabo. And honestly, that would have been the pick for me. But Pickens going to Pittsburgh was a, a little, little, little bit of a sore spot for a lot of people still. But again, if you can go two and one in those games, three and zero oh would be great. Two and one, I still think would be good for them. So you got to start off strong there. Then you're traveling to London to play the Titans. Hopefully things go a lot better than what happened against the Jaguars in 2017 when they played there. The Titans are a team that I Ryan Tannehill is going to be their guy. They have Derrick Henry still. Their wide receiver room is a huge question mark. Traylon Burks. Their defense has a lot of questions on it too. They're often there. There are a lot of questions. There are not a lot of people expect the Titans to be good this year. They, they might move on from Malik Willis. I, this is a game that you have to win, honestly. Like th there are these games. No game in the NFL is a gimme. Like obviously any team can beat you, and we know with this Ravens team, there there are one or two games a year where they play down to an opponent they're supposed to beat, and then they play up to an opponent they're supposed to lose to. And that's just what it is. And honestly, every team has some sort of that going on every single season. But this Tennessee game is a huge opportunity for them. I mean, look, if you can start the year, like they, they have an opportunity where Texans, you know, ideally a win. Bengals, that could go either way. Could be a loss, could be a win. Colts should be a win. Browns, honestly, in my opinion, should be a win. Steelers, you know, Maybe a, maybe a win, maybe a loss. Titans should be a win. Lions, like 70-30 should be a win. I still think they're they're actually a very good up-and-coming team. Cardinals should be a win there as well. You look at those first eight weeks where the Lions with Jared Goff, they're coming to play the Ravens. I think that the Ravens can do really well against that team. The Cardinals, if Kyler Murray is not back, I think that should be an easy win. The Cardinals' defense is so bad. It is so, 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 so bad. They they just need too many pieces there. I think the Ravens offense can dismantle that team, even if Kyler's back and it turns into somewhat of a shootout. That should be a win. If you can start the first eight weeks of this year, uh, six and two, seven and one, five and three would still be okay, but I don't think necessarily ideal. But I, there's a real opportunity for them, in my opinion, to start the year through the first eight weeks from the Texans game up until that Cardinals game. 
I could see seven and one. I could see six and two. That's very ideal for them. Five and three, I think would be still fine, but less ideal. But at the end of the day, in that you're playing again, your first six games against AFC opponents. Ideally, you'd go five and one in that stretch. And then maybe drop, maybe you drop a game in one of the NFC teams. Those don't matter as much, but obviously still matter based off of the current record and how things can affect wild card positional standings and, and things like that. So I think the Ravens have a very eh, somewhat favorable early start to the year. Obviously the three divisional games on the road are not going to be tough whatsoever, but again, games against the Texans and the Colts and the Titans and the Lions and the Cardinals, you should win all of those games. You know, I, I give respect to the Lions. Don't get me wrong. I give respect to all these teams, honestly, like any team can beat you or you can beat any team, but I do expect that the Ravens, they don't want to come out strong. And if that Bengals game is a win, they could really, really start the year well. So coming up on our final segment, we'll continue talking about the Ravens schedule. We just did weeks one through eight. We'll now round out the show, going nine through 18 with maybe a record prediction in there. So be sure to stay tuned. So a ton of dive into on the show. We are back rounding out locked on Ravens here on Thursday night, live edition of the show. Kevin Ostriker still here with you as we dive into the Ravens schedule as it is right now, the Ravens schedule being released on Thursday night here tonight. And again, so many different takeaways to dive into. We just talked about weeks one through eight in the second segment. We'll now round out the show with nine through 18. If, if you're new here, your first time coming in, if you're an everyday or you're, you're back here, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video here. We're a five day a week Ravens podcast. If you have a friend or a family member who's a Ravens fan, wants a Ravens perspective on things, be sure to have them tune in here to our channel. I strive to give the best day of the Ravens content. And I'm almost at 1,000 episodes here on this show. But let's continue our mini breakdown of the Ravens schedule. Starting off here, week nine versus the Seahawks. The, the Seahawks are super interesting. Geno Smith had a great year last year. Is that sustainable for him? We will see. They add Jackson Smith and Jigba in the draft. So that wide receiver trio of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a tough cover for sure. Kenneth Walker showed a ton of promise. The offensive line for them, I think they're excited about what they have there. On the defensive side of the ball, they drafted Von Witherspoon. They obviously, they had a great, they've had a couple of really, really good drafts that they have really solid players there. So that's going to be a game that I think some people look at it and say, oh, it's Geno Smith is going to be a win. That'll be a grinded out game, I think, to be completely honest. Versus the Browns at home, again, I just I want to see the Browns show me something before I start, you know, oh, they're, they're so good and I'm going to pick them every time. I think the Ravens can beat the Browns. I'm not necessarily overly concerned, overly worried. The Ravens do tend to split with the Browns every year. I don't know why. I need to look up the actual stats on that. So maybe they drop one here or there. I would expect them to beat them twice, but we'll see. Then you get the Bengals in week 11 on Thursday night football. This is the first primetime game for Baltimore. Baltimore usually shows up in these spots. They show up in the lights, in the bright lights of prime time. I expect this to be a win. I mean, I think that, honestly, the Ravens will probably split with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's just too good of a team to drop two to the Ravens. That's not an indictment on the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be really good this year. But it's going to come down to the wire in both those games, honestly. I think the Ravens take the one at home and lose the one on the road. So that, that's just where I'm going with that. Then you have the Chargers Sunday night football. They're going away there to play the Chargers on Sunday night football. Look, we, we know what happened when the Ravens played the Chargers last on prime time. And uh, it was a very impressive win for them in Charger territory, which was where the Ravens are going this time around, too. So I don't know. Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback. They obviously have the offensive weapons that they draft Quentin Johnston. They have Austin Eckler, who's going to be a handful. That defense has some studs on it. Derwin James, who I know a lot of people wanted in a Ravens uniform, is there, too. So we'll see. We'll see with that game. Then the bye week in week 13, I kind of touched on that in the first segment where 
I, I don't hate that. I really don't hate that spot for them with the buy. I don't necessarily love it. I would prefer it just a couple weeks earlier, but it's much better to me to have it later in the year than earlier in the year. So that's just me. Then you have the Rams in week 14, where I think this should be a win. I mean, the Rams are just, they're going through it. Obviously, Aaron Donald is still there. Jalen Ramsey, not though. Jalen Ramsey is now in the in the the south side of things, the Miami Dolphins. So he's in the southern part of the East Coast there. But I think the Rams should be an easy win. That's a game you really should win. Even though it's an M- NFC opponent, it doesn't count, I think, as much if you drop it. For your overall record, that's a big game to have. Week 15 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Sunday Night Football. That's going to be a tough game. The, the Jaguars beat the Ravens last year, and, and they're a heck of a team. That you know They won the AFC South last year, and they're going to be a handful for years to come. Trevor Lawrence, we saw his ascension in real time last year. That's going to be very important to see how the Ravens will, will be able to handle him. So I don't know. This will be a game that's very interesting to, to look at and watch. I think it'll go either way, honestly, in that one. Then you have the San Francisco 49ers Monday Night Football in Week 16. I'm going to – I think this game will be one that surprises people in terms of I think the Ravens actually do very well. The San Francisco 49ers are a good football team. You look at their quarterback situation, you're like, what are you talking about? You know, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, what – they they are a good team with Christian McCaffrey there, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and then on defense they have su- they have such a good defense. They lose to Miko Ryan as a defensive coordinator. I still think it's going to be a grinded out game, but I think that game might surprise some people. Again, an NFC game, so necessarily doesn't count as much in terms of AFC record, divisional record. If you drop that one, but I think it'd be big for them to get a, a win on the road on Christmas night on, in prime time. So that'll be key. Then you have the two to end the year, the Miami Dolphins in Week 17. That game could surprise some people in terms of maybe the Ravens not dominating it. Dolphins add Jalen Ramsey. They have Tua talking by lower there. And look, we, we know what happened that last time the Ravens played the Dolphins at home. That was week two, and it's a game that the defense kind of blew for them. I think that Baltimore will be better this time around against Miami, but my, Miami's improved, you know? So we'll see how – that will be a game, and this will be a year for the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel. How good will Mike McDaniel be? We'll see, but I think the Dolphins game could be a little tougher than some people imagine. Then the Steelers in Week 18, that's a game that obviously I think with how close this division will be, how close the AFC North will be, I think that the Ravens will have to play for something in that game. I don't think it'll be an opportunity for them to kind of lay back and rest everybody. They're going to have to show up for that game for sure. So that's going to be a grinded out game. I'm going to say Baltimore wins that last one, though. And I know over the course of the show here, I've, I've kind of teased which games the Ravens should win, which games they should lose, where I think it's going to come into play. But I'm going to do a full schedule breakdown and record prediction on tomorrow's show. So I will give I'll, I'll, give, I'll give hints here, though. I think the Ravens will finish much better than 500. I think that's a given here, obviously health permitting. But this is a team that I think could really shock people with their record. I think there is a possibility they lose – maybe three games this year. There's also a possibility they lose six or seven games this year. Depends on how their health ends up going and, and what the schedule is like in terms of how, how easy it is for them to travel. They're going to be the sixth most traveled team in the league this year. The Bengals, on the other hand, in the division, they're going to be right at the bottom of that list. So how are they going to handle traveling all these miles? How are they going to handle actually going on the road? You know, two West Coast trips here where they'll be going to Arizona in week eight. They'll be going to San Francisco in week 16 and then you have to you got to go to the, the london you got to go abroad to play the titans and tottenham so those are three extremely long trips for them now last year the ravens had that well not last year the last time the ravens had that was 2019 it was the 14 and two year they went four and oh 
they went four and zero on that you know AFC West trip they had, where that that year they had to play the Rams and SoFi, and then Seattle at the former CenturyLink Field, and they won those games. Obviously, there were a lot of key moments from that year, right? The Week Two Marquise Brown catch, the Lamar incredible third on the sideline. And then you have the, the Rams game. That was a Monday night drubbing of the Rams, 45 to seven. The, the Seahawks game was Marcus Peters. His first game as a Raven had the pick six. And honestly, that secured Lamar's MVP, in my opinion. And then the game against San Francisco was a rainy one. The Ravens went on a Justin Tucker field goal. So hopefully there will be moments like that here. But I think the Ravens have, you know, they have room for error this year. I think their team is talented enough. We're going to see, I think, a lot of high scoring games where you have teams like the Bengals. And I think the Browns can put up points on you. I think teams like the Lions can surprise you. The Seahawks can surprise you. The Chargers, I mean, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, even even Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be a lot of high-scoring games this year overall. And and I'm excited to kind of see what they end up doing. And Johnny in here saying the Week 13 bye is not good. He says it's not good. And I, I, I agree, Johnny. It's not, you know, not ideal for me. I would much rather have it in the, like, Week 9, 10, 11 range. But... I think it's much better than early on is like, I kind of touched on this in the first part of the show where if you have that buy very early on, like week five or week six, you have to play the rest of the year without a huge rest. Like, you know, you can't have that rest advantage. I think at least having it later in the season allows you to kind of regroup and recharge at least when, you know, your team's super beat up. No one's healthy at that point. At least it's a week of rest later in the year, as opposed to early where if you need that bye week late in the year, you don't have it anymore. So that to me is where I take a, a little tiny solace in the fact that their bad week is in week 13. But again, I, I would have still preferred it to be maybe like the week 9, 10, 11 range. But that's all I have for you here today, tonight on this live edition of Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Be sure to subscribe to this channel on YouTube and follow along in audio form for five days a week. We'll be right back here tomorrow giving my official Ravens prediction and breaking down these games in even more detail. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow.